What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Championship Leadership Podcast. And today, uh, I'm really excited for our guest today out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He is a team strategist. He, he builds teams. He's an entrepreneur. But most importantly, uh, he's a father and a husband first. He's got two children, a six-year-old son and a three-year-old daughter. Uh, multiple companies, like I said. He's an expert in building team bonds. He's got a few different books. His most recent is called Win. You can, of course, uh, find that on Amazon. Uh, his other book, Think Like a Fan. Uh, check out his website at www.game7group.com. And I should say one of his websites. Uh, he's <laughs> many. But, uh, and then also you can follow him. Uh, my, my guest today, Lee MJ Elias. You can follow him at Lee MJ Elias on Instagram. And I will get everything linked up, of course. But excited to have you. Thank, thank you, Lee, for. For joining us here today. No, Nate, I'm glad to be here. I'm, I'm, I'm excited that we could even get this to happen. I got to tell you, so I got a mug here with some tea in it and it says on here, uh, today's goal is keep the tiny humans alive. So <laughs> that's a shout out to all of you out there that have your kids at home right now yeah. and everybody in the world listening to this. We appreciate you. <laughs> and yeah, keep those tiny humans alive. Uh, very, very relevant to our times as uh, we're dealing in the middle, you know, depending on when you're listening to this, the coronavirus worldwide pandemic that is going on and you know businesses shutting down and people uh, I think social distancing is the, the term that we're, we're going by and trying to flatten the curve on this thing and and get through it as best we can so it's a uh, it's a time that uh, I don't think many of us at least um, you know I'm 40 43 uh, many of us in this world haven't really experienced anything quite like this and uh, so we will remember these times for a very long time Absolutely. Yeah. You know, my father who's 80 said he's never seen anything quite like this. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, yeah, interesting times, but as you said, like, you know, the social distancing, the physical distancing, uh, but that's exactly what we're doing right now, which is cool. And and I think things, things like your show are very important right now because, you know, I, I, we talked about this a little bit before the show, you got to break the kind of like the newsfeed, the the, the television news right now, listen to something uplifting, something that's going to make you feel good. And again, in, in, uh, there's so much strife out there right now, but there's a way through it. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. I hope we can, provide yeah 
And that's a great thing about, you know, I mean, the technology that we do have, we can still stay connected and do things like this and the world can go on. And a lot of people can still work and operate businesses from home, which, you know, I don't know how long ago you'd want to go back, but 20 years, 30 years, uh, you know, we, I think we'd be in a much different place because there wouldn't be uh, those capabilities like we do have today yeah. to, to continue. Just remember this. If you go back 10 years, the only thing you can get on Amazon is books. So yeah, right. Yeah, that's crazy to think of. Wow. That's a yeah. perspective right there for good, sure. Today is a good time to be alive, but yeah. even, yeah. even with what's going on. Yep. Yeah, 100%. So, well, let's, uh, let's kick this off. I always like to ask this question first. Uh, the Championship Leadership Podcast is the name of the podcast. What, what comes to mind for you or what, what do you think of when you hear Championship Leadership? It's a great question. And, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, in my line of work, I get to work with a lot of great teams, both in sport, business, and, and other regions. The, the key for me when it comes to championship teams, and I've had the privilege of being on a, a lot of them, is trust. Trust is always the first word that comes to my mind. It's the foundation of relationships. And the, the ability to create trust on your team and have a definition of the word trust is really the first step to winning in general, however you define the word winning, right? And when you can apply that to a championship team, you know, and I've said this before, it's like when you think about championship teams or championship moments, there's rarely a moment where you look around in the room and you look at everybody that you're with and go, man, I really hate all these people, but we want them. <laughs> right. Right. There's, yeah. there's an unspoken trust there. Even if you don't like someone, right. Yeah. The respect there. And I, I think trust is, the, it's my starting point when I work with teams and, you know, I didn't tell you this before, but most of my philosophy really is built on the philosophy of the military. In the armed forces. I've had a healthy respect of the military since I was very young because of my father. Yeah. Um, and I said it to, before my wife was, was in the U.S. Air Force. So I got to travel around the world as an Air Force husband, which is a very rare role. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but it does yeah. exist. That's awesome. Uh, but I got to kind of sit in the front row seat and watch the military work. So uh, the military has a very strong understanding of the word trust. And then other words too, like accountability is a huge one for me, you know, and facing adversity and pushing through and perspective, you know. So when I think of championship teams, they have all of those things kind of working in unison. And then also they have an extremely clear vision and mission of what it is they want to accomplish. Um, teams that are lost don't have that. You know, right. I often talk to people that the, the common goal just can't be, hey, we want to win. Like yeah. everyone wants to win. Yeah, no what, what do you believe in? You know, why do you want to win? But those are the things that come to my mind when I think of, of championship traits and teams. We'll talk. Yeah. And, and I a hundred percent agree. And I, uh, great answer. Um, and I, I always, I just enjoy hearing the answers uh, that my different guests, guests give. Cause it's almost always 100% of the time, like different, right? And yeah. Like, how many, how many ways can you slice championship leadership? But evidently there's a lot of them. So I love it's it. It's simple. <laughs> yeah, no, great. What's um, maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself and like the path you've been on and, and what the path that's taking you to where you are today. Like, how did you get to, to be the expert inside of like building team bonds and team strategists and the multiple companies that you have. And yeah, give us a picture for the listeners of who you are and, and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, sure. I'll give like a two minute drill here. Right. Yeah. So like uh, I was born and raised in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in the early eighties with um, I had two parents, which I'm very fortunate to have. And uh, both my parents were really good people. My mother, a lifetime nurse, my father, a hard worker for the Pennsylvania railroad. So I, at a young age, I was really witness to 
work, right? And my parents worked hard. My mother helped people. My dad did too. He worked at the signal department, but I had this really kind of foundation on, you know, you work for a living and you're a stand-up person, right? And again, I'm fortunate to have had that. I know that's not something everybody gets. And the older I get, the yeah. more thankful I am for that. When I was about uh, 11 or 12 years old, I discovered a sport called ice hockey, which little did I know at the time would end up really becoming my life in a lot of different ways outside yeah. of my family. Uh, and I played all the way through college and I had a short minor league stint. And during that time, I was part of a lot of different teams because I started the game so late, I was on a different team every single year all the way up till college. So okay. that's another unique gift that I got. So I get to see a yeah. lot of different teams, good and bad. And then when I uh, got out of college, I ended up working in Manhattan. I got my degree from Montclair State University in broadcasting. And I, got, I sharpened my teeth in New York City, I say, in the television world out there with uh, both the NHL and uh, other organizations. Um, and around that time, I ended up becoming the head coach at 22 years old of my uh, alma mater, Montclair State University's uh, college team. And oh, wow. I realized, yeah, I was very young. Uh, the team was falling apart. Yeah. Uh, you know, they had probation problems. Uh, the school actually wanted to get rid of the team. That's how bad things were. And as a young 22 year old, ambitious with yeah. nothing in my way, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't right. know if I would have done that at my age today, but yeah, I jumped yeah. in. And I said, look, give me a year because yeah. uh, I know, I know what to do here. I know how to fix this. So I jumped in and it, it, a lot of my initial team building, uh, ideas, they were very raw at the time, but I implemented on this team and we really, as a group turned it around in one season, they went from unranked and about to get kicked out of the school to nationally ranked in one season. That's great. Um, That's and, great. and again, I, I use the word we because yeah. uh, while, you know, I, I have the ideas, but people don't have to listen to ideas. Right? <laughs> right. You bring a horse to water, but you can't make yeah, them drink. Totally. Right? So I was there for two years. We turned that around. And then, as I mentioned before, my wife was in the air force and, and uh, you were in the military. You know how it is. They called and they said, Hey, you're going to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah. going to the panhandle of Florida, which is yeah. hockey hell. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Um, we end up down there and, um, you know, I, again, I have to keep moving. So I ended up getting a job with, uh, Hearst media services. And what I did during that time was go business to business to business to help them get online, find digital okay. businesses. You'll see where this is going in a minute. So all of a sudden I'm getting this free MBA on how to, and how not to run your businesses. Cause every day I'm interacting with three or four businesses. Um, and at that time I realized that this is where I started building up my understanding of the word trust because anybody who's worked in sales understands it's a really interesting world. Yeah. My approach with the clients was to build trust first and then educate them on the, the products that we had. I didn't run in with the products. Uh, yeah. And oddly enough, during that time, I became, and I'm not bragging here, this was kind of shocking to me too, but I became the top person in the company in terms of getting new clients. Uh -huh. And when they asked me, what did you do? I said, well, I, I was honest with them and I educated them. And then this is when I realized something had to change. They go, no, seriously, what did you do? <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's how the sales world works. Like what's the, the yeah. quick fix? How do we get this? And yeah. that's when I started to have this idea, Nate, that um, I need to get out of the corporate world and start my own path because they just weren't getting it. Right. They, people couldn't trust and trust, which bothered me. Uh, anyone out there who works for a company knows that team building within a large organization is very, very hard. And I knew from my hockey experience and my business experience that I had something different in my mixture that allowed me to bring people together and that we could build a culture towards victory through that. So the military calls again, this is, this is kind of the culmination of the story. And they say, get, yeah. get this guys, you're going to England. <laughs> so, <laughs> really? Yeah. The United Kingdom. So wow. uh, my wife's pregnant at the time with my first child. So we fly to England. 
Uh, now, people don't know this. There's, there's a very large professional ice hockey league in England. It's very good. All right? Really? It's, it's not what you think. Yeah, so England's actually on the national stage right now with ice hockey. So it's, a, it's an emerging wow. hockey nation, we say. But they play Canada and the United States. So um, I ended up getting a job with a professional team over there as an assistant coach, um, as a, as a uh, skill development coach. But I actually ended up jumping into this assistant coach as the team builder. And it was a very ironically funny situation. The team was second to last place. And then me and the new head coach and the team together, we won the championship in our first year. Oh, right. Awesome. Uh, and it was very much now, not the raw team building version of myself, but I really had a grip on what I was doing. And that's the moment I decided I need to bring this to people because not just because I'm good at it, but because when teams work together and they can accomplish something to me, it's like a little bit of a miracle. And I really felt like this is what I need to spread, right. Is to, make people believe in teams and help teams accomplish whatever their goal is. And I've had really great experiences now with nonprofit organizations, obviously other sports teams, healthcare organizations. And again, the we, right? Bringing together the we and pushing forward towards accomplishing goals. It's, it's a gift, right? And, and as you mentioned too, I have my own companies and it's, it's funny, we, we've applied some of these, uh, most of these philosophies to my own companies. And we get some pretty unbelievable things that happen. Uh, yeah. I had an employee recently who was offered a, a job for a lot more money than I'm offering him. And he didn't leave. And I couldn't believe, even I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. And he goes, I don't want to leave this family. That's what he said to me. Yeah. Um, and it, it's funny with what's going on in today's world. He has a job right now because yeah. of what's going on. Yeah. But I always found that unbelievable that the, the bond was so tight within our own group that he won't leave. He doesn't want to leave. Um, so again, that was not two minutes. I apologize. I got going there for a minute. No, you're like, good. I love it. Um, yeah. yeah, that that's really the story is, is it's hockey. <laughs> I came from a really good home. I can't ever thank my parents and my big brother enough for, yeah. I'm the youngest in my family. They led the way and let me see that path. And then I've been blessed to be in a position where I can share that knowledge now with other people. That's awesome. I love it. Thank you for, uh, for sharing that. And yeah, that's, that's a powerful story about your employee that didn't leave. And, um, it's unbelievable. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just a testament to what you do and like what you're doing for other teams, other companies is, uh, obviously you got that same thing going on. No surprise. Shouldn't be a surprise in, in your own company. So, um, you would hope so, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd be kind of a hypocrite if I was like a yeah. micromanager. I was like, no, do your yeah, work. Yeah. Would you help everybody else out? Yeah, right. It was a, yeah. it was a, unfortunately uh, there, that does go on, right? Like I see it every day. Um, yeah. I'll tell you what, when I, when I work with teams, so when I, when a team has me come in the interview to see if I'm a good fit for them, I always tell them this is a two way interview, all right? Cause you need yeah. to be a good fit for what I'm bringing in too. Right. I've had coaches ask me, Hey, do I have to follow the rules we put in place? <laughs> I've had them ask me that. I said, yeah, yeah. If you don't follow and, and some of them There's say, well, red, I, red flag number yeah. one, right? I, I have said no to teams before because yeah. like, if that's a threat to what I do, if you're not going to follow your own rules, it, it won't work. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you're going to tell right. people that. So yeah. Uh, yeah, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised some of the things you hear. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, well, let's talk maybe a little bit about like who are some championship leaders, coaches, mentors that have impacted you? I know you mentioned your, your parents already, so I imagine they're probably up there on that list, but yeah. less than, you know, who they are really more about like, what is it about them that like characteristics or traits that you've taken from them? Maybe even that's helped mold you as in who you are as a leader. Yeah, absolutely. I'll start with my parents for sure. And my big brother. I mean, you know, again, I think one of the big things that I got was that how important work is and how lucky we are to be able to work. I remember my dad telling me a story when I was a young boy that, you know, about his first job. And I think he was 14 or 15 when he got his first job. 
and you gotta get my, my father was born in 1940. So he grew up in a, in a post world war two depression family. Right. So yeah. you can understand what his parents went through. Right. And I remember the pride on his face when he was talking about, this is way later in his life, man, I got a job you know, I could provide for my family. And yeah. like the way he spoke about it really impacted me in a positive way. Um, and he had this, you know, he's still, still here obviously, but my dad has this great way of saying that, but also understand, but you know, your family's really important. You know, you can't live in your job. You have to also take care of your family. So right there, there started to become some balance in terms of mm -hmm. work life relationship. And I don't think, think he even knew what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was just telling me these things. And then, you know, my mother who was a nurse just has this overwhelming care for people that really, you know, imprinted on me. Right. Uh, I remember, again, I love this story. It's real quick, but uh, I was with my mother when I was like 18 or 19 years old. And this woman came running up to her. My mother was a maternity nurse. She goes, Evelyn, Evelyn, that's my mother's name. How are you? And I can tell my mother has no idea who this person is, right? Yeah. yeah. But long story short, my mother had been the, the labor and delivery nurse when this woman gave birth 18 years ago. Her kid was 18 years old. No like, way. Close to my age. And my mother had not seen her since that day. Oh, wow. <laughs> right? But this woman, <laughs> she had such an impact on this woman's life. She remembered her like it was yeah. yesterday. And then yeah. all of us have kids understand that. Yeah. Um, and that's when I realized how much of an impact my mother has on people. And I said, I'm thinking, how many, how many babies have you helped deliver, right? A few a day. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's how much impact she's had. And then also, uh, when I was younger in elementary school, my mother got cancer twice. And I watched her battle that twice. And a few things happen when you watch uh, your mother go through that. One is, at a young age, I realized I wasn't invincible. Mm -hmm. uh, which is a major life lesson to get when you're in elementary school. You know, yeah. like I remember thinking my mother could die, Yeah. you know, uh, and then watching her fight it both times and get through it both times and the resolve of that. And, you know, again, my, both my parents share all these traits I'm talking about, but yep. there's a pretty young age to get an education. If I'm not invincible, you have to work hard. You have to believe in your family. Uh, these are all team things right there. Right. And again, I didn't apply them at that time in my life, but they, they were formulating me. I was a sponge at that age. I also had this blessing of my brother who's five years older than me and really just led the way. Like I always wanted to do what my older brother did, you know, like he got to college and he got on the front page of his newspaper. So I felt like I had to do that. Yeah, he yeah. graduated this quickly. So I felt like I had to do that, but I've always given him a lot of props over that. He doesn't like to hear it, but you know, he didn't have a guide like I did in that regard. And he did all this stuff. I don't think I would have done a lot of this stuff if I didn't watch him really jump in and, take control of his situation, right? Yeah. Um, so I am really blessed to have had three incredible people around me at a young age. And then I, I got to say this too, my wife, who uh, legit comes from nothing. I mean, she came from the poorest of the poor, becomes a doctor <laughs> out of this overwhelming need to help people. And she did everything she could. She went to school. She got good grades, got a free ride to undergrad, joined the military so she could do med school you know, and then becomes a doctor to help underprivileged people. And, and, and again, she hates when I say this. she could have been any type of doctor she wanted to. That's how high her board scores were. Yeah. And she, she became a family med physician, yeah. which is yeah. for those of you who don't know the medical field, like the lowest paid, yeah. the hardest hours, because right. that's who she is. So yeah. I'm surrounded by greatness, right? <laughs> it's awesome, it's, man. It's, I'm lucky, you know, um, yeah. those are the most impactful people in my life. And then my kids too, obviously inspired me every yeah. day. <laughs> Love it, man. Thank you. Thanks for, Thanks for uh, asking. Yeah, Paul, yeah, thanks for giving yeah, me the platform to say that. I'll have to share this with them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Where, where does the, you know, we talk about leadership. People talk about our leaders born or are, can they be made? And I think there's a, I think there's a lot of both probably. Yeah. Definitely become a better leader. And I think there's people that are just great leaders inherently or 
uh, intuitively or whatever it is. Right. But yeah. So for you, like where, where did this leadership come from you and the ability to build bonds and, and trust and like uh, have a lot of success with the different teams that you've impacted in a short amount of time. I mean, I think those are key indicators of, of great leadership. So, you know, where do you fall on that spectrum? That's a tough question to answer. I mean, you know, going back to the beginning, what you said, um, you know, leaders born or do they kind of come about? I mean, I think it depends what type of leadership you're talking about. I think everyone's a leader in their own right, depending on what's going on. Right. I'll start off with a, another quick story. It was when I was a freshman in college, I remember my captain says so towering six foot five guy. Um, we were in the playoffs and I remember the press was there and they asked him a question of, you know, what's it mean to be the captain tonight? And I think he really summed up leadership in the team environment at this moment. He said, I need everyone to be a captain tonight, not just me. And that's when it clicked on me. It's not one man. It's not the guy with the C, although that's a great honor. It's we all have yeah. a part to play. Yeah. You look at what's going on in the world right now, right? There's leaders everywhere. If you're taking care of yep. your children right now, you're a leader, yep. right? Uh, if you're in medicine right now, you're a hero and a leader. You know, yeah. I think when it comes to me, it's the, I call it the sponge effect. You know, whenever I see somebody leading in, whether it's by example or by speaking, you know, I'm a talker obviously, but I try and bring in what is it that they're doing that's so effective and how are they leading their people? And I think the key to leadership is, and, and this is one of the things that I like to do is that you have to understand that not everybody is motivated the same way. I think that's a really important part of it. So one of the things I do is instead of speaking when I meet people or work with people as I listen and I ask questions, what motivates you or what doesn't motivate you is always a good question to answer. You know, in the, in the coaching environment, I find that a lot of coaches and leaders think that, oh, everyone's motivated the way I was motivated. I get yelled at a lot and that motivated me. So I'm going to yell at people and that'll motivate them. And that's, that's really not true um, of everybody. Yep. Uh, you know, different people are motivated different ways and different leaders are perfect fits for those things. So, you know, for example, when I'm working with a sports team, if there's an athlete that maybe is a little bit of an introvert and doesn't like to be yelled at, and I have an assistant coach or, or I'm the coach that might be able to get through to them and get the best out of them. I want to delegate that responsibility to another coach. And again, this is where trust comes in, right? Some coaches feel like I have to be the guy that, you know, no, I want to delegate the responsibility because if we're a family, the coaching staff's a family, or if you're in a business, your management structure is the family. You got to be able to pick and push where those buttons are. That's making everyone a leader, right? Yeah. So again, when it comes to me, it's a mixture of, I've been on so many different teams. I've coached so many different teams. I watch a lot. I watch what makes people get inspired and I try and emulate that or, or apply it or teach someone that can be better at that than me. Again, I'm a talker. Talkers are not always the best person. You know, if, if, if I'm talking to an introvert, that's going to be me talking for four hours and then listening. And that's not really what I want. Right. Right. So, you know, everyone has to kind of find their role within leadership. And I believe everyone can be a leader. I really do believe that if they want to step up to it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely agree with that as well. What's, um, you talked, you mentioned earlier, you know, vision being a, a great characteristic yeah. of leaders and absolutely I 100% is. agree. I always easy, you know, I'm kind of a football guy. So I, I use the example of like Bill Belichick, Nick Saban yeah. as, you know, I mean, they're, the pinnacle of, of their level, right? Uh, yeah. College levels, professional level, and they continue to find ways to win year after year for, yeah. for a very long time. 
that's a sign of championship leadership. And I think a big part of that is that vision that they have. And, and oftentimes yeah. the greats have a different vision than everybody else, almost to the point where they're like, what are they doing over here? But yeah, it's very clear <laughs> to them and they're willing to execute on it and stay ahead of everybody else. Right. Yeah. Um, continue to win. So what's the vision for you? What do you, where are you looking to go? What's the impact you're looking to make in the near future here? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you when I look at vision and mission, so like a vision to me is, and this is how I define it. Other people might define it different. The, the vision to me is the, the overall goal. Like what am I doing here? Right. And then the mission's yep. my shorter term goal. Mm-hmm. My vision is to do whatever I can to bring people together. That's it. That's what I want. Uh, you know, I have a whole team that works for me. And a lot of times they'll ask me like, well, where, where are we pointing this? Who are we trying to sell this to? And I'll tell them, and I'm very poignant about this. Uh, I want to impact people's lives. Yeah. I don't care what level, what age, what they're doing. That's my vision. If it's going to have impact. And when I stop having impact, that's when we need to rethink things. So that's my vision, right? Whatever I can do to do that in a team environment. Um, my mission over the next two to five years is to really jump into uh, sports teams, businesses, healthcare, bring teams together as often and as effectively as I can and to learn from my mistakes. I mean, I think one of the things that's important, I didn't say this, is that I have my approach, but it's always evolving. You know, I've said before that, you know, a team is a, is a living thing and they change. For example, my approach to teamwork this week during the midst of the COVID-19 thing is very different than it was last week. All right. All of a sudden I'm getting a lot of inquiries of how do I keep my team together when everyone's working from home? That's a different monster. And we're, and we're kind of learning as we go. I mean, I have my philosophies and they're working, but yeah. Everything's a little bit different now, right? Yeah. So again, you know, a lot of it comes down to that is I have this vision. I want to bring people together. It, 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 for those of you listening, you know, one of the things I preach uh, when I'm, I'm working with teams with vision and mission is keep that simple, right? So for example, I have another product company called Hockey Wraparound for any hockey people out there. Um, and I won't tell you about the, the, what it does, but the, the mission, the vision for the company and, and every one of my employees knows this is we want to put a wrapper on every hockey stick in the world. That's it. They know it. They believe in it. That's our goal at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, I've seen mission statements that are four pages long and have multiple paragraphs <laughs> right. and don't get me wrong. It's not that not wrong to explain it, but it's like, what's your mission? Ba, 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 ba. Done. That's yeah. the, you know, I remember again, being at uh, RAF Lake and Heath in the air force and on the, on the billboard, when you enter the base, it says forward ready now. That's the mission. That's what we're all striving for. (laughs) The military really taught me how to do this concisely. And uh, the thing about the military, and again, Nate, you you can speak to this more than I have, is the vision and the mission is so clear and it's so bought into by everyone, right? No matter what's going on in the world. I I use that all the time when I'm speaking to groups. If if the military can do this, keeping in mind that sacrifice in the military is a very different definition than on the basketball court or the ice, you can do it. You know, yeah. look, look to the leaders, right? Absolutely. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. What's, um, I want to respect the time here. So I'm going to, we're starting to get near the end, but. No worries. Yeah. What is a moment in your life? I, I love this. This is probably my favorite question right here. Uh, turning point, critical moment, uh, critical decisions where yeah. had you made a different decision in your life, you'd, you'd be in a very different place. Clearly you didn't because it's where you are today. <laughs> yeah. But I think there's a lot of listeners, especially today, especially entrepreneurs, business owners, the difficulties that we're facing, uncertainty, yeah. trying to make the right decision, not sure which way to go. Um, yeah, but it's good to hear from others that have been in those positions and to hear how they, they, they had courage to decide and execute on it. 
Yeah. And, and how it has worked out for them. So yeah, is there a moment that you think of that pops up to your mind uh, as I asked that question? Yeah. I mean, look, like there's a lot of moments that have Lots changed of them, the right? yeah. trajectory of my life. Right. Yeah. But uh, you know, the big kaboom ones. And before I tell the story, I do want to say like, I, I keep this in perspective that like my big kaboom moment or my big learning from failure is, is lucky compared to people that have nothing. Right. Like, so yeah. I, I, I always like to preface that because like my biggest a <laughs> uh, uh, time period of strife is not strife to someone who's trying to find food. Right. Yeah. And I'm very, very clear on that perspective. But when I was young, I mentioned this before I was coaching that team. Right. I'll make myself vulnerable here. The way that that situation ended was I was coaching Montclair State University and I was working at the National Hockey League. And this is in 2009. So it's during this recession time period, the last one, I guess we have to say that now. And uh, something funny happened. I told you I based everything on trust. Well, at that age, I was too trustful of everyone. Right. I opened myself up to trust everyone. And essentially what happened was uh, a few people took advantage of me behind my back and slowly started to lie to my hockey team that I was taking money. Okay. Now I have to say this now. I was completely exonerated of that. I actually yeah, totally. made the team money and that's documented. Yeah. Um, but what happened was my team became split on my leadership. Okay. And I had to make this decision where the school wanted me to stay, but the team was split in half. So all of a sudden I'm faced with this. Do I save my job and stay here? Or do I allow this team to survive without me? Right. And I made this really difficult decision that I have to resign because if I don't, this team won't win. And they were ready to win. You know what I mean yeah. by that? Right. At that time, yeah. removing myself from the equation would allow them to win. Sure. And I did that. I, I resigned yeah. and I, and I, wow. uh, I put a new coach in place and they actually did go to the national tournament the next year. And I was invited back to see that, which was a wonderful moment. Yeah. Uh, but that was the first half of this. The second half is because of the recession, I got laid off the next month. So I was <laughs> basically on top of my hockey world at that time, one day, and within 30 days, it was all gone. I was yeah. legit left with nothing, no job, no hockey. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember that someone said at that time, I guess that's it for Lee in the game. And for whatever reason, man, those atomic bombs went off in my eyes in that moment very quietly. And I made this decision that I will get back into this game. I will rise the ranks and I will do it my own way and I will do it right. Right. Yeah. And again, I learned how to trust people at that time or how not to trust people, depending on how you want to, you know, how important that is. Um, also at that time, the only constant in my life aside from my family was my girlfriend at the time, who's my wife now. And I really decided at that time, I really want to be with this woman forever. Um, and then it was a seven year journey to get back to, to where we are now with, the, the businesses and the teams and everything. And the, the, the real realization of this, Nate, is that I worked hard to get this stuff back, but it was the journey that was the gift. It wasn't yeah. the day that I won this championship, this pro championship, or all the businesses were built. The journey, I learned so much, and I was able to impact so many people, and so many people impacted me. That was the gift. I, I was lucky to understand that at the end, where it wasn't like I won and ha! Like, I didn't, yeah. it wasn't like yeah. that at all. Yeah. Um, you know, that brotherhood, sisterhood connection. Um, but it changed my life because if I didn't lose everything at that time, I'd be on a very different path right now. I'd probably be buried in my work and not being able to focus on the moment with my children and my wife. I might not even be married. But that, that was a big turning point for me in my life. Again, there's been many, but that's, that's, yeah, the no, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. That's, 
That's a great, uh, that's, that's an incredible moment. That's a, uh, that's a difficult decision. I think a lot of people would probably have chose to be like, no, screw that. I'm staying like this is my team. And that's yeah. A- well, listen, man, I'll tell you this and, and I gotta, gotta keep going back to it. You know, whenever I hit tough times, I think about what did the military do? You know, what would I do if I was getting shot at or, or worse, you know, uh, how do you, you know, I'm not re- returning this question, but I think about how do you guys get back up when stuff's going sour? And yeah, I always said to myself, if, if you can do it, if they can do it, under that immense pressure in life and death situations, I can survive not having a job. I can survive not having a hockey team right now. Yeah. So I want you to know that you and everyone in the armed forces has always served as an inspiration for me in moments like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. What's, um, what's one or two things that you can leave with the listeners as we do close up here? Yeah. That, um, you, know, <laughs> you know, that would help them move forward today. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, especially right now, but these are universal when we get out yeah. of COVID-19 time. Uh, but two things. One is learn to live in the moment. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, have you ever been reading a book, man, and you read like four or five pages and you just didn't read anything and you realized you weren't focused? No, totally. On yeah, you were somewhere <laughs> else, right? Your brain yeah. was somewhere You know, when you're with your children, when you're with your family, but every single moment, live in that moment because that moment is your only reality, right? Yeah. Five minutes from now, five minutes in the past don't really matter yet. And if you get lost thinking about them, you're going to sacrifice right now. And right now is the most important thing. Um, the other thing too is to only focus on the things that you control, right? There's not much that any of us control to begin with and especially right now, right? So if you're focused on things you can't control, you're going to panic. You're going to go down a dark hole. You know, if you focus on the things that you directly control and you live in the moment with those things, you'll be able to move forward one step at a time. And that's all we can do when no one can read the future. You know, reflect on the past, look to the future, live in the moment, and only focus on the, the really three or four things in your life that you control. Let that become your universe. And then that will expand and you'll feel much better about everything that's going on. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's uh, it's a huge, you know, be present is what I say all the time. Yeah. And uh, be in that moment. It's, yeah. uh, it's difficult though too, right? You know, for a lot of people. It's... Oh yeah. Yeah. Look, I've been working on that for 10 years and I'll tell you, there's times I've, I've, I feel my brain moving the right way from, from the present moment. And yeah. it's, it's one of those things of, you know, the future hasn't happened yet. Right. right. And it, it, again, it's easy to say, but it's something you have to practice. You know, you, you yeah. can get lost thinking about something that happened to you in middle school, you know, yeah. where you had something, it, it's not real. Like it's yeah. the past. You got to snap yourself back to the now. Yeah. So one of the things I really, I really do, Nate, is when, when my children in front of me, if I catch myself drifting, I've just wasted time with my children. I wasn't with my yeah. children. I mean, right. I, I want to be with my children uh, or yeah. my team, wh- wherever I'm at. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So, yeah, present moment awareness is super important. It's something we all have to work on, including myself. No one's perfect. If you're perfect, you're Gandhi, you're a monk. Yeah, totally. Right. right. And I don't, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to ever get there, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, I really appreciate that. And um, so, yeah, everybody... Again, you can follow Lee at Lee MJ Elias. Pick up his latest book, Win. Anything else, uh, any, any other places you want to direct people or any, any final thoughts before we do close this off? Uh, yeah, no, if you, if, you, you know, if, again, if you want to find me, you can find me. What I want to really impress upon everybody is really no matter when you're listening is, is that we're, we're together right now. This is actually a really unique time where the human race has to come together to fight a common enemy. And those moments are rare and usually terrible. <laughs> but yeah. uh, if there's anything we can take away from this, it's the hope that, look, we can work together, you know, find a way to find those common grounds and yeah. really take care of your neighbor, take care of your family. Like that's really the thing that binds us. 
when it comes to team bonds, I find everyone really does want to be part of something bigger. And we're finding those things. Thing about what's happening now is it has snapped everybody out of their little story, right? We're all yeah. really moment right now. This is reality. Yep. Uh, and, and I just want people to see the hope in that, not the despair. We're doing this. We'll get through this. And that can happen in daily life every single day. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Lee, for taking time today to be no, with thank us. You, I man. appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Have a good day. You too. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years of marriage. It's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader I'm gonna lead the way Cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it Consider it If you need some inspiration you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey Bailey Hey, Bailey.